Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And as Gabby Hayes would say, Yeah, darn tootin'. <laughs> Welcome to another Saturday edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander. Across the table from me, Bunker to France in Los Angeles, Todd Roberts. There go, there, Hardy Hello, gentlemen. Uh, to just, just to be honest and transparent, I'm in Orange County today. Oh, I'm yeah. down here with Nola. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've lost her for the show today <laughs> because she is organizing, uh, uh, she's organizing her Boxing Day party. I see. Which is happening as we will be happening shortly. Okay. So is that is Boxing Day? Is that when you guys put on the gloves, you get in the <laughs> ring, and she boxes you around? I I usually don't pursue anything futile, Bunker. Why? You know, I would prefer not to have my ass whooped. So I'll I'll just stay away from that. I'll just sit over here in the corner by myself and eat this cheese sandwich. There you my go. My money's on Nola anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I've seen her box, man. Woo! <laughs> uh, we got a. I what are think, we doing today? I think we got us a great program for great. today. Yeah. We have uh, Mr. Robert Stigman uh, joining us. He is uh, a past uh, executive director and, and and head honcho, basically, of the Lone Pine uh, Film Museum, which now has a new name, the Museum of Western Film History. It's still located in Lone Pine, California. It hasn't gone anywhere? No, it hasn't. And if you're, if you're wondering about what the hell is Lone Pine, California, I'm going to tell you. Tell us. In 1920, director George Medford took Fatty Arbuckle out to the to the Alabama hills, and they did a, a, a silent western called The Roundup. And that was the first time the Alabama hills were featured uh, on a western. And uh, since then, I, God knows how many movies have been made. Said over 400 westerns, over 1,000 commercials. I know uh, almost all 66 Hopalong Cassidy's were filmed there. Um, and tons of science fiction was filmed there. Yeah. Tremors, uh, Kevin Bacon, the Tremors. Uh, there was an episode of um, Star Trek out there uh, when Kirk is battling some big green monster. Uh, well, they did a bunch up there, too, for the TV series. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Oh, okay, because they did some in the features, too. Yeah, so uh, okay. it, it, is, it is one of the most, if not the most, iconic um, film locations uh, in America. Mr. Stegman, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. Uh, your involvement with Lone Pine. Uh, he's the uh, acting director he's now. He's the too, acting yeah. director now. Tell us how you got involved in, in this great place. Well, in uh, 1993, uh, I was uh, working in New York for World Vision Television, and uh, which is, uh, was a large national syndicator. I uh, had 12,000 hours of programming owned by Great American Broadcast and actually part of Spelling Entertainment, a number of other companies. And in March of 93, Blockbuster bought all of those entities of uh, Spelling and World Vision, and um, in October of 93, they bought Republic Pictures. And so I moved in uh, January of 90, uh, January of 94, I moved to California, became the president and CEO of Republic Pictures. And um, as I was adjusting and uh, learning that in terms of my new job, I, I decided to go on vacation, and I think it was May or June, and and rented a motorhome and headed up north and ended up in Lone Pine. Uh, my daughter got up at 8 o'clock in the morning and ran into the little commissary there at the RV park and came out about two minutes later and said, the woman inside wants you inside and she wants you there now. I said, well, what? <laughs> You're in trouble. Uh, yeah, what, what happened here? And I went in and uh, my daughter Katie had been in the uh, little store and had noticed all of the, she's eight or nine years old, and she had been commenting to the woman about she knew the pictures of all these Republic stars and everything. And she said, how do you, how do you know these things? So you're so young. She said, my daddy's president of the company. She said, well, you need to go get him right now because nobody from Republic had been there in years. Wow. So I, I kind of, I'm still friends with Jackie Hickman, who that was the woman who owned Boulder Creek at the time. And, 
And, uh, you know, at this point, I've said they've never let me leave, but I you know, <laughs> I uh, quickly became a fan of uh, going up there for weekends. I joined their board during the, they were having a film festival that started in 1990 and uh, became friends with a number of the people who, of course, helped start that festival and participated in the festival, supported it with, you know, uh, whatever Republic's assets were that could be. And um, it became, we had a second home up there for a while. Hmm. And so that was the beginning of what has become over 25, 30 years of participating with Lone Pine. Wow, that is fantastic. And, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, being involved with the festival and everything, all of the people that you got to meet, you know, plus the people that through your connections at Republic you were able to bring up there, that has to be just, you know, a high point of accomplishment. It would be for me anyway. Oh, yeah, like any, like anybody, you know, I grew up with, you know, there were Saturday matinees, and I, I'm 75, so, you know, I went to the Saturday matinees, and, but... Like many, you have a career, and so when I got to Republic in 94, 93, uh, you know, I was like, is Roy, Roy Rogers, we own, we own all his titles, is he alive? And they said, yeah, he lives in Victorville. So I said, well, anybody have his phone number? Hmm. And I, you know, I called, and he and Dale said, come on out. Wow. And so, you know, I took, I, I took the kids, and I, of course, I was far more excited than they were. Yeah. And that became... <laughs> That became the beginning of a very long relationship uh, and friendship with Roy and Dale. Uh, and I was very fortunate that, that somebody coming back into that that Western heritage, um, I got to meet Gene Autry and uh, Clayton Moore and uh, Pierce Lydon and many directors. And it really became my... Later, as this evolved through 95, 96, 97, my kids would say to me, Dad, what... You went from suits to boots. What, what's going on here? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had uh, Dawn Moore, Clayton yeah. Moore's daughter, uh, on the show oh, two yeah. weeks ago. Delightful gal. Yeah, very. Oh, very sharp. Too. Yeah, wow. very, very, very. What, what is it that you think drew Hollywood to uh, the uh, Lone Pine and Alabama Hills area? What Was there one major factor that that you can figure out or have people told you uh, this is why we chose this place? Well, strictly location. Okay. I mean, when you're in the Alabama Hills, Lone Pine itself is at 4,000 feet. It's the base of Mount Whitney, which is 15.5. And so the Alabama Hills, which are these iconic, unusual geological rocks that, that everybody identifies with, you know, all the all the soil and dirt is gone. There's a lot of geological reasons why, but they're sticking up in the ground. And, you know, whether it's a western or Gunga Dean, uh, they call it the Valley of Long Shadows. And, and from a technical point of view, I think many of the directors saw that they could go up into the Alabama hills, go to a particular prominent point, and they could shoot east and west, and, and they could work through the day and follow the sun and get a full day's of shooting. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and, and of course, they use many other, you know, you had uh, Iverson Ranch, you had mm -hmm. the Vasquez Park, mm -hmm. you had many other locations mm -hmm. down closer to Hollywood, but Lone Pine became just so unique for, basically because of the rocks, the plateaus, and I think the amount of the sunlight that was there. I remember. I remember. I remember seeing a, a program on television about, uh, and I think it was about Lone Pine, um, but they were talking about uh, filming hoppies, and you know they they had the camera set up in one spot where you're looking at the uh, at the rocks at, at the Alabama Hills. And then the guy says, and if we just stand over here and turn the camera, <laughs> now we have ranch lands and yep. grazing with Mount Whitney in the background. And as they, yeah, like, right. just turn you the remember camera. those cameras, those cameras were, were heavy and yeah. big, so it, it's not like today when they're shooting. Uh, you know, there's an interesting thing, I, I, I think, you know, because... Uh, people forget about it, but it's travel time to location. Right. And to be able to get that kind of scenery of the, the multiple options of how to shoot, where to shoot, what to shoot, uh, that's a big attraction, you know, because 
uh, you know, around the L.A. area, of course, they had the San Fernando Valley. They had uh, Vasquez Rocks, right. which is probably the most filmed place in the world. Sure. But they had, you know, it was, these are all the stuff they had been shooting for, for you know, all through silence. So this mm-hmm. was, this was, and Lone Pine was new. And again, like one of the things I noticed in people writing about it, reviewing the films that were shot there back in the day, they would say, and you know, this, this, this setup was just so neat and we've never seen this before. And somebody else would come up with another picture, set the camera up five feet away from it in a different <laughs> spot, pointed at something else, mm-hmm. and they, they'd say the same, well, we've never seen this before. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the uh, Alabama Hills, uh, it's a geological formation. Um, do, you, do you think it was caused by the uh, earthquake of, uh, of 1872 there? <laughs> no, there's evidence of that earthquake still, but okay. uh, the, 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 lake lake we, the, the, the lake was formed. The lake was formed, of course, years ago. And at that point, the lake used to be, in the early 1900s, the lake would have been uh, about 30 miles long, 13 mm-hmm. miles wide. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, the lake was there. Uh, there was a big Cerro Gordo uh, silver mine is across from Lone Pine. Okay. And uh, and so uh, in the early 1900s, uh, the history would show that so much silver came out of that mine and was shipped either by wagon and ultimately later by train. It was some. It was transported across the lake uh, to the west side with On a steamboat. Uh, small ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, but the uh, it basically helped finance the beginning of Los Angeles. Yeah. Hmm. Todd, you There's got a, any? a very long history there with mining. Todd, you got anything there? Well, I, you know what's to me is so remarkable is that there are so many different views of being in that area you can shoot so many different ways whether it's iron man and you're in whatever it was uh in the kyber pass of uh, between afghanistan and pakistan mm-hmm. or you're in a western with hoppy or gene and roy and all the rest or um any of those high desert films of uh randolph scott um and then you have the, the hills of Virginia uh, in in uh, in uh, the Shepherd of the Hills yeah. um, with the mountain people doing moonshine and sheep. So it's a very diverse area, and I don't, you know, yes, uh, there are certain parts of Wyoming and Montana that have a look that all directors look for, or we who read uh, westerns have a vision in our head. I think all Tucson is another, mm-hmm. but I think that uh, I think that uh, Lone Pine is definitely one of those spots, and I it's just been in our consciousness or subconsciousness for so long mm-hmm. that we it's almost a given. We, cool. we don't even we just take it for granted. Did your you know, we always like to think of it as Hollywood's largest western backlot? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. one of the I things too. Fair. One of the things is too. You know, you had Mono Lake. You had, and we forget about how many of the westerns that were shot up in the high country sure. with the pines. You yeah. know, yeah. you see a lot of the hoppies up there, a lot yeah. of the Scots up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd, did your dad consider uh, Lone Pine or area uh, before uh, uh, when he was uh, thinking about Marty Walsh? You know, no, he he just. I think it was just almost a given that they were going to do it in Southern Arizona. Okay. Um, but I, and I I remember years later after he had made it, um, I would always ask him questions and of which he would get very perturbed about and say things to me like, you know, sometimes you just need to listen more and stop talking. <laughs> um, and one of those was, you know, Dad, I was reading the Monty Walsh novel. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, um, it really all takes place up in, like, Wyoming and Montana. Why didn't you guys shoot it there? And he was like, Todd, shut up and eat your sandwich, please. Um, are you trying to ruin my lunch? Uh, so, you know, he didn't, he wasn't really, it wasn't really open for discussion. He just wanted to be there, and uh-huh. that was the end of it, and they built the town of Muscal and so on, but... Obviously, it would have it would have worked just as well 
in Lone Pine because everybody else was there. So why wouldn't it work for for them? Mm-hmm. Well, we forget sure. that it's still a business, and that unfortunately, yeah. a lot of times it's the business decisions that make or break a picture. Not the picture; it's the bad decisions that they were made up front. So, Robert. Uh, well, and, and go ahead. We, we, we're just going to be coming. We, recently, we uh, we do a newsletter twice each month to our membership, and and uh, recently we did a newsletter on uh, uh, Randall Scott movie Man in the Saddle. And uh, what was interesting about that newsletter and uh, the topic was that for so many of the B movies, you know, in the fifties and sixties, where they were working on small budgets, they would shoot them. They would send they would send up and shoot part of them, a good portion of Lone Pine, but then they do a lot of filler work at Iverson and all that mm-hmm. because they were working on such small budgets, and they would even use you know some of the footage would be used in uh, in other films. Yeah, stock. And so we we have in the latest newsletter we have a uh, examples of where you know Scott is uh, in the Alabama hills. He's facing. He's obviously getting ready to ride into camp, and yet when he rides into camp, that was in Iverson. And so we show people the differences of uh, the different scenes of how it might have been started in Lone Pine or ended in Lone Pine, but much of it was shot at Vasquez or Iverson. The magic of movies. You know, uh, Robert, one of the things that, uh, while looking this up, I I had a copy of the festival magazine that that put out once a year, Packy Smith does, and that is one of the best publications for the detail stuff. This particular issue was with uh, Don Murray and Jack Randall oh, yeah. and, and uh, Billy King, but the writers that uh, you guys get are just phenomenal on their knowledge and history and and the um, way they put it out there. It's just fantastic. Well, and the... Uh, yeah, we still... That magazine printed up until last year, printed every year for the film oh, festival for bad. almost 20, 20 years, and Unfortunately, we lost Packy three years ago. Yeah, I knew Packy and, well uh, from my California days, and this guy oh, was, yeah. he was phenomenal. His, well, yeah, his collection phenomenal. was unbelievable. And the the uh, panel discussions at the uh, film festival, I've seen some of those on on YouTube, and I mean, just you learn so much listening to that those kinds of discussions, just like you do with the. Uh, Bunker was in 52 High Chaparrales, and uh, so when we go to the High Chaparral reunion, it, you listen to the, the, the stories there, and you learn so much about it, about the production. Yeah, I do and, from those guys. Yeah, you do. I learn a lot. <laughs> we got to oh, do- yeah, and it's exciting to go back today. We have, we have a, unfortunately, we had a gentleman named Jim Drake, who was a cinematographer in Hollywood, and came to Lone Pine from the early 90s through the 2012-14, and he passed away last year. But Jim left us 40 hours of historical archival panels oh, that we've been digitizing wow. and releasing on uh, our Lone Pine uh, Theater, which is a, a part wow. of our museum website. Wow. <laughs> We're talking. We got to do our first commercial break. We're talking with Robert Stigman. He is the uh, past director, now acting director of the Lone Pine Museum of Western Film History. It is Emil Francis' Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. We'll be back with you shortly. We're streaming live to you from the White Stallion Ranch. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities 
activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're darn to. I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. I get it. You're letting the kid find out for us where them herds are meeting, and we fix them up, huh? That's right, Brink. Your brain's getting almost as big as your ears. Steve Bauer will be found at the scene of the rustling with a bullet through his head and take all the blame. This is the Voices of the West. Now Dan was born at an early age in good old New York town. He learned to ride the wildest bronco of them all on the merry-go-round. Six-gun Dan was an old cowhand, the wild and rough galoot. His finger was quicker than your eye could flicker when he started in to shoot. We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts with you. We are streaming live to you from the White Stallion Ranch. Man, I wish my brain was as big as my ears. <laughs> just, just don't, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, you made me lose my train of thought. You caused it to derail, Bunker de France. Oh, good. It, my... I feel like I made my day. Yes, now. you've. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, the man's made me speechless. Uh, well, what are we doing here? Anyway? I have no idea. Oh, oh you're in charge. You're the, you're the honcho. Oh, you're the put, big cheese. Who put me in charge? Uh, we're talking with Robert Stegman. He's the. Oh, uh, that's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> acting executive director of the uh, Lone Pine uh, Museum of Western Film History. And you guys have a new website, too, that uh, just was uh, gone live, as, as it were. Really? Robert, talk about that. I didn't know about that. Right. Yeah, we're, we're excited with the new website. The, uh, with the, the website that uh, we had had for many years, um, have had deep in information and links for everybody. But um, in today's technology, it didn't translate well to mobile devices, which are, you know, 35 to 50 percent of people's uh, viewing opportunities and more and more seniors of course many many people that enjoy the the museum are in their uh, plus 50s and uh, so we we had to uh, adapt to uh, the new technology and the museum went live or the website went live about uh, three weeks ago and we're adding to it every week and that website address is museum of western film history.org that's all one word Museum right. of Western Film History dot org. I was on this. That's a good site. It I, is. It's I a very good site. Well, I think wow. one of the cool things on the site is a tab called Then and Now. Yeah. And uh, there's pictures being featured on the website of. Uh, 
when it was filmed and then what it looks like now. Yeah, that's so cool. And yeah, I mean, you, you look at uh, look at this. For example, this one uh, ima- image of Hell Bent, Harry Carey, Hell Bent, and and then you look at it again. Uh, just so doggone cool. Hoppy Rock. How, how did how, how did some of these names come to pass here? Like Hoppy Rock, Lone Ranger Canyon, th- those kinds of things. It was just because yeah, well, they were there them. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I imagine well, they, so. They but. shot so much up there. You know, Hoppy Hoppy Rock was visual uh, in many of the scenes, but Lone Ranger Canyon is, uh, of course, the the uh, the original uh, first episode of Lone Ranger Canyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the uh, Texas Rangers are ambushed, that is the canyon, and that canyon today is where we have our concert every June. We have 500 people for a concert in the middle of that canyon, and it, mm. uh, it's just a, a beautiful evening. And that was from the cereal, right? That was from cereal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I imagine there's some great acoustics there with all those rocks. You keep hearing all the echo of the gunshots from the past. (laughs) Oh, we got me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned uh, then and now. It's really interesting because uh, when I first went to Lone Pine, of course, I had never been. And over the years of uh, managing the executive director of the museum from 2012 to 2019, people come from all over the world and they Mm -hmm. have with them you know, a an image they've taken off of television or a film or mm-hmm. a video, and they want to find the rock that <laughs> Randall Scott had his head on, and they want to lay down and take that same picture. Yeah. And uh, this is what brings so many people to Lone Pine. We have uh, some uh, very good friends of the show and, yeah. and personal friends, Gene and Marty Freeze, who do lots of location books. Yeah, and, they are fantastic. And, and specifically around Arizona, uh, Marty moved to um, uh, uh, to California recently. I think he's made a trip up to Bishop and the Lone Pine. Already. Could be. I think I've but, uh, yeah, they do the same thing with Arizona locations. For example, out here at the White Stallion Ranch, they, they would do tours and, and show people this is where... Winchester 73 was filmed. This was where... Yeah. That is so cool, because up there in in the past, there's a a shot where the shootout from uh, Winchester 73, Mm -hmm. and and Marty shows you the boulder that Jimmy Stewart was behind, Yeah, and it's still there, and it's still fiberglass. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, great stuff like that, man. Lone Pine is not that big of a town, I don't think. Uh, how? Two thousand. Well, I bet it. You know, I used to live in Key Livable. West. I used to live in Key West, Florida, a population of about uh, twenty five hundred, or, or twenty. Yeah, twenty five hundred. And um, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. During the uh, uh, events, weekend events, the population would swell to the thousands and tens of thousands. Uh, how does Lone Pine accommodate all of these people? They're living in Bishop well, that's, that's, and far that's, away. That's obviously, that's obviously a challenge. There are only uh, three major hotels, and then there are some, some smaller hotels. And I think about 375, 400 rooms uh, in the town. In and the RV park. So when, when, we, when we have them, of course, you have Bishop and Independence and Ridgecrest, which are not within an hour. But it's always been a challenge when... In having this concert in the rocks, and as it built from 150 to 200 people to 500 people now, one of the problems becomes finding you know great talent that we want people to come down for. Mm-hmm. But but we certainly we certainly couldn't have you know Waylon Jennings there because we could never accommodate that crowd. the people, even yeah, even turtle. with the RV uh, people. Mm-hmm. But it's um, the town's population has stayed fairly static for many 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 years. Oh, Robert, I noticed you that you were on the Alabama Hills Stewardess, Stewardship Group for four years. Uh, what was your uh, duty there, and what was their purpose? Well, the Alabama Hills were selected uh, to be one of the first scenic uh, scenic historic points in America, which huh. is, was a four- or five-year plan, which happened two years ago. And so the for the first time ever... The BLM, as a government agency, reached out to the community and said, "We need to do this together." And so the that's uh, a change. The Alabama Hills Group, yeah, 
Yeah, we met um, every month and we talked about the future of, in terms of tourism and what we would hope to accomplish. I mean, there are obviously great challenges with tourism today, particularly when you're trying to protect the heritage sure. of buildings and or, in this case, the landscape. Right. And well, you know, uh, un- un- unfortunately, uh, there are many people that, that camp that don't understand the rules, and, you know, our goal is to find a way to educate them. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to invite you, if you're ever over here in the Tucson area, I'm uh, I'm on the advisory committee and former board member of the Empire Ranch Foundation down south where they shot Monty Walsh. And this is one and time... And bunches of other movies. Oh, bunches of other movies. And at one time, this is one of the largest ranches in the country. But we have a ranch house down there of 22 rooms that goes back to 1876. And wow. I would love to show you around if you're ever down in this area. I appreciate that. Thank you. Todd, jump in there. Well, you know, honestly, Bob's one of those kind of guests that, you know, we could just sit back and be quiet because he can just go on and on. <laughs> you don't get to be the president of RKO by accident. I guess you also don't get to, Repu- Excuse me, Republican. You also don't get to be the president um, by being a wallflower. So um, he's somebody who knows how to share it, pitch it, and uh, define it. And I think, you know, as much as I love to take pride for certain guests, I'm taking great pride in this one today <laughs> uh, because he's he's uh, he's just he understands what needs to be said and how to say it. Bob, if you had to, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but put him on you, the spot. If you had, to, <laughs> I'll go ahead. You're the president. You can take it. Um, you know, if you have to say, there's one guy. Uh, I get you know, and most people are going to think it's an actor, a cowboy actor, that you can say gave Lone Pine or put it on the map or gave it its identity and its branding. Who would you think of? Wow, very interesting question. Um, hmm. I'm going to jump in there and suggest uh, George Medford. Since he he took Fatty Arbuckle out there, that was the first one filmed out. Yeah, they 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 were early on. Yeah, you know, boy, that that really is a, a very interesting question. But you know, Lone Pine, um, you had uh, Steinhauer, the community when when Hollywood came up there, the community really provided them with so many services right, right. and so, and and housing and 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 uh, the general cur- courtesies that. I think this also, besides the landscape, they were welcomed so much. I mean, yeah. Hoppy spent his, uh, I'm pretty sure Hoppy spent his, the second night after being married to Grace up there. Mm-hmm. And um, the Dow Hotel was the place where they all stayed. And it, great, luckily, Grace, you know, was just passed away about 10 years ago. Grace came to the festival many, many years. Mm. And, you know, you hear all these people, when you hear Grace and you hear... Bert Kennedy, William Wellman, William Whitney, mm-hmm. I mean, Quentin Tarantino has been the long time. They they all come and it and just it kind of all comes in together that they so much appreciate the landscape. So if there's any one thing, it's the landscape mm-hmm. that really mm-hmm. uh, is why everybody goes. Well, you mentioned Spainhauer, and you know I think his contribution is. Monumental because you know he built he took the old Gunga Den set and rebuilt it into the mission and the ranch and the and the hacienda and then he had all that rolling stock he he helped him get the extras the wranglers uh, the livestock I mean he he was a key player oh yeah yeah these were real real people the real culture okay and the ranch is still there too I think it's his granddaughter runs yeah. it now. All right, we exactly. got we to do our next commercial break here. Robert Stigman is our guest. He's in charge of the Museum of Western Film History, acting guy in charge, uh, out at Lone Pine. 
and the Alabama Hills. It's all in California. This is Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. We'll be back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Ole Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but blank henchman to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a rent hench to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Rent a hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Hi, I'm Wyatt McRae, grandson of Joel McRae, and you're listening to Voices of the West. Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. And, Rider uh, coming. There was, <laughs> no, you did not hear something bizarre in your, well, you did hear something bizarre in your speakers, but it was not your fault. It was De France singing with the high chaparral theme. <laughs> oh, was I coming across <laughs> Yes, you were. <laughs> I, I love that song. I know That's you one of do. the best pieces of, of TV music ever. It certainly is. Robert Stigman is our guest. He's the uh, head guy for the Harry, music. It's, it's Stigman, just so you know. Stigman, yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I even misspelled it on the uh, all the promotional material. My bad. I apologize. Museum no of problem. Western History, Western Film History, is the place. And the film festivals that are going on, uh, we got one coming up October five through eight this year. Can you give us any kind of a preview? Well, we're, we're in the midst of, uh, we typically start planning uh, end of January, February, and, you know, with a festival comprised of, of showing films, have panels, typically of a director, producer, grandson, or some somebody that's uh, relative was in that film. Of course, we used to have the actual actors in that. And then um, we'd have uh, authors that would be there, We but, but the biggest thing that attracts people to the festival are the tours of the movie sites. So uh, we do, the, you know, whether it be Roy Rogers or Hoppy or Gene or any of the newer Gungadine, Star Wars, uh, we've tried to expand our tours in recent years to some other genres to expand our audience. That's a great idea. But um, right now we're in the final stages of planning and we're uh, getting ready to name a director sometime in February that will 
take the lead for mm -hmm. the 2023 Film Festival. You know, you were in... But we'll, we'll post it on the... Uh, We'll be posting all that information on the festival page on the website. Okay. You know, you were involved in what I think is one of the most important Hollywood events of the year. And I'm fortunate enough to be around it, and I loved it. And that was the Golden Boot Awards, and especially the get-togethers at Sportsman's Lodge. But uh, I want to know, you know, uh, I see you were a board member. I... And I know it all started when we had a dinner for Bob Steele after he had been in the hospital. And uh, Pat said, you know, this is too good a thing to let go. And that at the next year, this was the first golden boot. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just want to know, you know, what you thought about it, what you did there. I just want as, as much information because I think that's one of the greatest events all time honoring Westerns. Oh, it was. And Pat Buttram, of course, was initially involved early on. But... Uh the Golden Boot uh, was like the Academy of Westerns. I participated yep. for 10 years on the board. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, trying to recall um, the names of the people on that board. Of course, Packy was on the board show. Rogers was on the board. Morgan Woodward was on the board. Mm -hmm. Dickie Smith was on the board. So, you know, uh, it was like living legends every time we had a board meeting. Mm. Uh, Leonard Malton was on our board. Wow. Um, Bert Kennedy. It, it was just very exciting. And then the opportunity to select, to select someone to honor every year and meet them, meet their families, uh, of course, the guests. And we draw about, originally, for many years, we had 1,000 people at the Beverly, yeah. Beverly Hilton uh, for that. You know, when you think about what today's going on, I remember... <clears throat> My wife and I and kid, when I took the kids, we, we, you know, they'd, let's say, 12, 14, 16 years old. We'd, we'd go to Western costume, and we'd get all gussied up in our Western gear, and I'd put my, you know, Colts on, and people carried their rifles. Can you imagine today yeah. wearing the armor right. into a hotel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it should be able to every day. Well, it, let's let's talk about the Alabama Hills for a moment here. That uh, and they were named uh, after the CSS Alabama, which was a legendary Confederate warship. And there's an article from some years back in the Los Angeles Times suggesting that the name of the Alabama, the, the name Alabama Hills, needs to be changed. I didn't read the story, but I can only assume. That's I can only assume, based on how the culture goes, that they're pissed off because it's named for Confederates. Uh, any, right, any, right. any thoughts on that, know, there's, Robert? Well, there's the, the Alabama and the Kearsarge. You've got Kearsarge Pass north yeah. of Los Angeles, or north of Lone Pine. Well, that's okay. And, and yes, yeah. they, they came, the early miners came, and they named it after, you know, things that were close to them. And there is there is skepticism conversation today that uh, to change that, I don't know how far that will go. I, I find it hard to believe, quite honestly, it's, that this lengthy history and culture and so much that we've grown up with in terms of the Alabama Hills will ever change. But, well, you know, today's not a, a political climate that you can bet on. It's drawing heritage well, let me out just the window. Jump in here. Let, me, let me just jump in right here. And as Mark Twain said so eloquently, you can never diminish or discount the level of stupidity of the masses. So, you know, yeah. I, I think that, you know, you're going to, and the, when I say the masses, I'm really, I should, let me refrain that uh, or redefine that as the mob. And the mob has no re regard for history. They have no interest in history. They have no knowledge of history. They have no and, mind. you know, <laughs> well, they're, they're, it's a communal mind. Which is why the mob, every time it's gotten itself together, it has ended um, horribly and in every way. The French Revolution, where they guillotine children, or in the woke culture of today, um, where you know things are, we're losing not just our history, we're losing our sense of self. Mm -hmm. I mean, can, can you tell us something about Dave Holland? I think he played a part in some of this, didn't he? Oh, big time. Dave Holland was the first director. Dave Holland was an advertising guy. He had uh, you know, an advertising marketing company, and he loved Westerns and came to Lone Pine in the late 18, or not late, uh, 18, 
1980, 80, late 1980s, and um, there was a Carrie Powell who owned the the uh, Best Western was there, and uh, her her husband Ray. They all got together and were talking about this history, and it was Dave's really putting this cohesive group of community people together. He became the first director of the film festival and and became a good friend when I met him, you know, subsequently in 93 and 94. Uh, Was that this year? Just a great guy, and and nobody nobody could give a tour better than Dave Holland. I mean, he was so passionate about it. Well, what what can you tell us about Gary Brown and uh, Bob White? And the restoration of Tom Mix's chord—that's fa- that's a fascinating story, I think. Well, Gary, Gary Brown's one of the finest human beings that ever walked the face of the earth. I, I don't know if you knew Gary, but uh, Gary uh, was a huge—he uh, was uh, he was a ex um, uh, sheriff, uh, we call it. But anyway, he had a lot to do with uh, with uh, sheriff departments in California and trained people and he became a good friend over the years and uh, he passed away a number of years ago. I spent I spent a weekend with him about two weeks before he passed away and he got to look at so many not only Tom Mix silent films but uh, music mm. and, um, and Bob White, but Bob White also of course owns the court. Bob White I contacted, I forget how I met Bob White but what a fine gentleman lives in Scottsdale, and I we were we were getting ready for our festival, and I called Bob and told him about the festival, and said, "Would you know, is there any chance you would consider bringing the car over?" And he did, and it was a huge hit. Hmm. We made room for it in a in our lobby, of course, we had it there for three, four, five days, hmm. and um, and he's written a whole book about it, uh, and of course, Tom Mix's life, but. Uh, I mean, you couldn't talk about two finer gentlemen, but Gary Brown is very, very special guy. That's hmm. great. That's great. Uh, well, hey, what is what is your favorite movie made at Lone Pine? Hmm. That we, we, that's the question that we all probably never <laughs> ask and should. Pro- probably, you know, this is it's kind of a funny answer because... Um, Again, when I got there, and then ultimately, you know, let's see, I ran Republic from 93 to 2001, and then 10, 12 years later, I become the director of the, of the museum. We built the museum in 2005. And so when I took over the museum, and, you know, basically because of my business background, uh, all these people coming, and I, I had a different vantage point than from coming up to go to the festivals. And I had the opportunity to get to know William Wellman Jr., who still comes up. And going out with Dave Holland to all the sites, but having the opportunity to be with William Wellman for Yellow Sky. And I've walked out with him numerous times. And it just became a favorite. I know it, I probably, I know it more than any of the other really uh, location site and Bill's explained, you know, how the set looked. He was 11 years old when he spent, I don't know how many days they're shooting it with his dad. Yeah. And that's, that's, so that, that, that's uh, one of my favorite movies. Uh, that's like Todd. It's a fabulous sp- film. That's like Todd spending time on the Monty Walsh set when his dad was doing the, doing the Monty Walsh pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Different. Bill's 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 memories and intimacy of being there and walking on the landscape and being with his dad and the story Mm. side stories just make it so much more exciting. Wow! Yeah, the Empire Ranch Foundation had Bill Wellman Jr. out uh, a couple years back. Had dinner with him a couple Uh, times. He paid for it. it, He was our guest, and he paid for it. Can you believe what kind of guy that? A great individual. We're going to do our last commercial break here on Amal Franzi's Voices of the West. Robert Sigmund's our guest. He is the man in charge of the Museum of Western Film History at Lone Pine, California. We'll be back with much more after this. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tanker in Tucson, 520 777 1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honorveterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're to... I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. I'll give you $10 an acre better than top price for that section of yours in 43. I couldn't take that, Mr. Jode. I'll throw in a corner business lot right here in Red Dust. I couldn't do it. That would be selling out the rest of the settlers. That isn't good business, Mr. Hardy. Let the other settlers take care of themselves. Perhaps Mr. Hardy has a code that he'd like to live up to. I'm talking business with Mr. Hardy, my friend. Call me Stevens. I couldn't choose my name, but I can choose my friends. This is the Voices of the West. Now I got a good job on a ranch, making my three squares a day. Plenty swell place for my good old Mac, and plenty of fresh green hay. But there was a time when I slept outdoors, working so hard each day. Drifting around from ranch to ranch without food or pay. Italy, Italy, Italy. 
We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts, our guest Harry, Robert Sigmund. You've got to tell Robert and the world about the gentleman we just had on singing there. Goble, I believe that's how it's Goble. pronounced, Goble Leon Reeves. He uh, was known as the Texas Drifter. He did uh, one movie, well, one movie, but his music was in another movie, in back into the, uh, like, 1987. Um, he was born in 1899, died in 1959. He's the guy who wrote the, a song that was covered by damn near everybody, uh, Woody Guthrie, Emmylou Harris, uh, Arlo Guthrie. It's called The Hobo Song. And he's the original uh, author of of that particular tune. I saw him in a a movie that we watched last night. Uh, Robert, my wife and I uh, watch Westerns, B-Westerns on Friday night. Hundreds of them. Yeah, we're we're up to about 600 now. Um, Oh, my God. And um, uh, this guy was uh, in the movie that we watched, uh, The Silver Trail, uh, Rex Lease from 1937. And... My God, I looked him up, and what a what a yodeler! This guy is one of the greatest. Just an incredible, yeah, just an incredible guy. And uh, we're going to be doing a show on uh, Western music, and uh, uh, guys like him. He he definitely will be one of the people uh, that we're going to highlight. Okay, Robert, time for selfless promotion. What's happening up, uh, coming up at the Lone Pine uh, or at the Museum of Western Film History.org? That's the website. What's coming up <laughs> and there? And any other mischief you're up to? <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got, you know, like I say, though, I think the website is great for people to go to and look at the different menu items. And uh, under research library, we're, we're adding many, many items every month giving people perspective on our exhibits and actors and the heritage and history. So there's a lot to be gathered from people going to the website. Then we we have the uh, the June concert. We'll be announcing mid-February. We'll be announcing our uh, star that will be up there. Uh, great, great talent. Been there before. He's coming back. So I'm um, just not at liberty to announce that. That's okay. June 3rd. That's a great evening, a dinner, and, um, and under the stars. And then, of course, the festival again, all that information will be coming up shortly. But the museum, 365 days a year, the museum is a great place to, to stop. It takes about an hour to see it. You can, you can watch, preview a video online at our homepage, and you can watch it in the theater. But you know, from Roy and Gene, and as you mentioned earlier, from Sci-Fi, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, High Sierra, uh, it's a great museum. Give people a real perspective over the over 400 zone films that were made in the Eastern Sierra. All right. Now, we know what your favorite Western filmed uh, at uh, uh, the Lone Pine area was. What is your favorite Western of all time? Ooh. <laughs> 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 he struggles to think. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I love them all. I quite, you know, that would take too long to answer the question, but until I made Gary Brown, I never really watched silent movies. I've uh, gone back and started watching yeah. uh, Tom Mix and, oh. and some of the other early silent movies, and you know they're they're just there's it's just so great to watch that action. We and, highly and, recommend you you catch up on all the Harry Carey ones. Oh man, with him and yeah. Ford. Ha- Harry Carey, uh, directed by John Ford, as well as uh, Hoot Gibson in those. Uh, oh my God! Those are just so entertaining. And the Bob Bradbury directed oh, pictures. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Great director. Almost every major director made a movie in Lone Pine. Yep. Yeah. You know, every Western director. Speaking of that, I just made. I just remembered. You know, uh, a good example of that is Henry Hathaway. The first yes. time he was up there was as an assistant director. Yeah. And he went on to make some of the greatest westerns and non-westerns up there. Robert Sigmund, oh, yeah. Bert, Ro- Kennedy, Bert, Bert Kennedy, Bud Bedeker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Sigmund, thank you so much for spending time with us this afternoon. Uh, man, it's what a, a blast. It's been a blast. What a wealth of information. What a great, great time. What a great place. What a wonderful life he's experienced. Yeah, no kidding, man. 
you know, a lot of great people. Yeah, the dream job. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> that it ne- was. Next time we get together on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West will be next Saturday. Yep. And that will be our movie Saturday. Yes. And we are going to be doing... Snowy Westerns. And that means Westerns with snow Lots in them. Snow. And they did snowy <laughs> Westerns in the moon, up above Lone Pine. Well, of course they can, because it's by Mount, Mount Whitney. Whitney. Wow. I mean, for God's yeah. sake. God, a- Robert, thank you so much for joining us. My and, pleasure. Right. Happy trail. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, thank you. you sir. All right. Have a good weekend. All right, Bye. sir. Seven. That's it for this edition of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. 78, 79, 80 old Lone Pine. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.